0: thanks for joining us today. I pray that this podcast will challenge you and encourage you as you walk with God. We're going to be talking about the devil the next few weeks. And some of you might ask the question very simply, why would we spend time? And if you know me personally, you know, I'm not a big, let's go chase the devil type person. I believe that we have the victory, and we walk in victory, but at the same time, how many people know he is our enemy? And if he is our enemy, then we probably should have some knowledge of his workings because that would help us. Amen? So generally what happens is the church falls into two camps, and it's not perfect, but for most part, this is how the church deals with demonic things. Number one, they don't believe it. They think it's a product of human imagination that has worked its way out by Hollywood. You know, like the little red thing with the horns and, you know, that's, that's kind of one section of the church. And the other section of the church, I feel like almost has a too much of a focus where they spend too much time and too much effort. And they spend their entire life basically battling the devil. How many people know he's defeated? But how many people know that because he doesn't take instruction very well that sometimes you need to remind him? Sometimes when he rises up in your life and he causes anxiety and all kinds of crazy things, you need to let him know you are defeated. You need to let him know. So the, the point of this message um, today and then the next couple of weeks is going to be basically revealing who he is, what he does, where he came from. I'm going to answer a lot of questions. And so by the, the end of this series, I'm hoping and praying that you'll be educated enough to know who your enemy is and how to fight effectively against him. Amen? So first thing I want you to know is, as I mentioned already, is that um, in order for us to fight effectively, because the Bible says uh, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and power. So right away, it's very clear that uh, our battle is not with flesh and blood. Okay? Now, I might annoy you, <laughs> I I might annoy you at times, but really, ultimately, your battle is not with me, okay? There might be people that come against you. You might even call them your enemy, but ultimately, our ultimate battle is not with flesh. People might drive you nuts, get under your skin, but ultimately, they're not the issue. It's the spirit behind, okay? So you might have a big issue with what's going on in Washington right now. I want to tell you, it's not the person. Come on, somebody. It's the spirit behind that is causing uh, this and that and this movement to come up and this movement to fall. And it's been throughout history. Uh, The devil's job is to come behind the scenes and cause all kinds of issues. So I want to educate you on this so that you understand. But uh, no, as I educate you, it's so that you can fight more effectively. When boxers box... They don't just get themselves in shape. They also watch previous tapes of the other boxer. Why? Because they want to exploit their weaknesses. When a football team's preparing to play another football team like today, two different games going on, I guarantee you they spent a ton of time watching the other team's tapes to exploit weaknesses. So that's what I'm going to do today is I'm going to hopefully give you some of his tendencies and exploit his weaknesses. Somebody say amen. Amen. So, the Bible doesn't give much information about the devil. I mean, it gives a lot, but not like sections and sections of information, but there's enough there to give us a good idea of who he is. So, Satan in the Hebrew, the word Satan, the name Satan, literally means adversary. It means adversary, The first use of this name, Satan, is found in 1 Chronicles 21, if you remember, if you read, saying Satan rose up and incited David to take a census of this people, and it was a sin against God. But just so you know, that's the first time it's found in the Bible. But, come on, you Bible app people, chronologically, the first time it's mentioned is... Job chapter 1 and 2. So what I mean by that, even though Job in the Bible, if you read the Bible from front to back, Job is found after Chronicles, chronologically, Job actually happened before. We know that. If you're reading the Bible app, you know that in history, it happened before. So the first time that Satan is mentioned is really in Job chapters 1 and 2, okay, But we know this, even though he's mentioned then, we can see his influence earlier in Scripture. How many people believe that? From Genesis chapter 3, he was in the garden, right? He was influencing Eve to sin. We find out later in... uh, when Cain uh, killed Abel, it says in the New Testament, I think it's, have it here somewhere, Yeah, 1 John 3.12, it says that Cain belonged to the devil, belonged to him. So we can see even the influence of Satan was at the very beginning of Scripture through the end of Scripture. And I'm going to give you a bunch of names today of what he's called to, to reveal who he is and what he does but i want to see from the very first chapters of the bible from creation itself he was influencing all the way to the very end now i want to make this very clear the devil is not like god he's not god's equal there isn't god and there isn't the devil so many people say well there's god and the devil and they're fighting each other no actually god deploys his angels to defeat the devil he's a subordinate And I'll get into more of that next week, but it isn't like God and the devil battling back and forth. I, I just want to tell you, if God wanted to, he could go like that and it'd be over. But how many people know that God uses all things, okay? So here we go. So Satan literally means adversary. Another name for Satan, and it's found only one time in the Bible, is Lucifer. So if you want to put up that scripture, yeah, it means light bearer, and it's Isaiah 14, 12, where it says, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So Lucifer is found one time. Now, this is my opinion, and I'll get into it some more as we move on, but I'm trying to give you a little bit of background, is Lucifer, I believe, was probably his given name by God. It means light bearer, but when he fell, that name changed and I believe it changed all these other things, Satan, the devil, and so forth and so on. But at the beginning, you see right here, Isaiah 14, 12, the only time it's mentioned, he says, oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, how have you fallen from heaven? Okay, the only time it's used. Light bearer, shining one, morning star. Interesting, you'll find in Revelation, I believe it's 22, that Jesus reclaims that title of light bearer back to himself. That's pretty cool. The devil stole this name, or basically, if I could say it this way, was this name, Son of the Morning, and Jesus takes it back in Revelation at the end. Now, the most common name found for the devil, and I know I'm giving you information here, but stay with me, is the devil and Satan. And just to give you some stats here. In the New Testament alone, the devil's used 33 times, and Satan is used 36 times. Now, some of you would know this already, but the word devil comes from the Greek which is diabolos, which means false accuser or slander, right? And that's found in Revelation 12.10. It's where we get the English word diabolical. That's where it comes from. The devil is diabolical. You need to understand that. So as we move further into this study, you'll continue to see how his names directly, this is important, his name directly relates to his character, which directly relates to his actions, So if his name is the devil, (laughs) diablos or diabolical, he is an accuser, he's a slander, you gotta realize that plays out in what he does. There's no good in him. Come on, somebody say amen. There's no good found in the devil. So you need to pay attention to understand his character is revealed through his names and his motives and actions are also revealed. Again, why is this so important? So you know how he operates. Not only in the world, I'm telling you, if you understood the devil, and even in a small amount, you would understand what's going on right now in the world. It's not that mystifying. It's when you try to understand the world through your humanistic mind where you start saying, I can't believe people are this cruel, or I can't believe people are this bad, or I've heard a lot of people say this, I can't believe the people are so dumb. How can they say something like that? There's a devil... And he's influencing every single day of our lives. We need to understand that. So pay close attention to these names to see how they fit, even in your own life and in our nation. Amen? So the first one I want to tell you, I've already mentioned Satan, the devil, Lucifer. First one is, these are different names that he's been called throughout Scripture. The first one, very simple. I've already touched on it. The enemy. He's called the enemy several different ways, or several different places. He's a chief opposer. Matthew 13, 28 specifically talks about it. But he's our enemy, okay? Look no further. Come on. You don't need to look at your mother-in-law. You don't need to look at your spouse. You don't need to look at the person that gets up at 6 o'clock and cuts cuts the wood next to your house. You don't have to look at that. He is our enemy. Matter of fact, he is the enemy of our souls, He would like nothing more than to destroy you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's his MO. It's what he's about. And so sometimes when we look at the world and see all those things manifesting, why would we ever consider attaching God's name to them? It's the devil's MO, we have to realize. So he literally, he's our enemy. He's our chief opposer. And he's used, that name is used many, many times. The second one is our adversary, okay? What that means, he's our rival. He's antagonizing us. He's our adversary. First Peter 5.8, you can look it up yourself, but it says this. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour The devil is looking for somebody he might take out. I think this is his directive. He says, look where there's a spark and destroy it before it becomes a flame. Look where somebody is starting to get excited about God and extinguish it as quick as you can. Now, a lot of you say, well, where's your basis for that? I'll tell you where the basis is. Herod trying to kill baby Jesus. Jesus. Because, you know, a baby Jesus is a lot easier to handle than a full-grown Jesus. So he tries to kill things in its infancy because he knows he can handle things in its infancy. So I believe what he does is he goes, look around your region that you're responsible for, the demonic that's over, principalities and powers that are over a region. He goes, look and see where maybe something might be birthed that can bring change for God's kingdom and extinguish it. How many times have you made decisions in your life to do things of the Lord? Say, listen, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to start praying for my neighbor. I'm going to even start loving on my enemies. I'm going to pray for my spouse. I'm going to pray for my children. And you'd make this decision, I'm going to start seeking God, and hell breaks loose. We got together here about a month or so ago to pray for me and Mindy. A bunch of people in the church got together and they laid hands on us and loved all of us and they, and they just you know put their arms all around us. It was really nice, cool. Really, we liked it. And they're just loving on us, man, just doing all these great things. And we're like, wow, we really feel supported. Feels so good. I get in the car and 100 yards down the road, I hit a deer. And, and she looked at me and she goes, I, she's like, I don't want anybody praying for us no more no more fasting I I mean I'm not trying to be spooky or I'm not trying to uh, say something weird but the fact is when you start seeking the Lord when there's a spark starting in your heart he would like nothing more than to extinguish it so he'll make it sometimes very very difficult to get out of your current position But a lot of times when you make that first decision that I'm going to bring change to my life, he is right there to try to discourage you. I've seen it over and over and over again. He's our adversary. Another one, he's called the father of lies, John 8, 44. We need to protect ourselves from deceit and manipulation, If you read Matthew 24 and in the end times, the thing that Jesus warns us about the most is being deceived. How many people know you're always going to have enemies? You're always going to have people that don't like you. If you're a Christian, you're marked. Get over it. Get over yourself. But one of the greatest things that are going to happen at the end, the Bible says, Jesus said over and over again, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. It says even the elect. So one of the greatest things that's going to happen in the last days is deception. Now, a lot of people will say, like, what does that mean? I, I, listen, I, I don't believe it's going to be large. I don't necessarily believe it's going to be all of a sudden we're going to worship some crazy statue. I think people are educated about that. But I think what's going to happen is we're going to start accepting doctrine that isn't correct. We're going to start compromising Scripture. We're going to start reinterpreting what the Bible says. Why? Because it meets our need. The Bible says itching ears. People want to hear what they want to hear. So you got pastors preaching things. Oh, gosh, i got to be careful because I can get in the judgment so easy on this. But I saw this pastor wearing a $10,000 jacket, and I'm like, Wow. And, and you, ever, you ever see something like that happen, and you try to process it? A $4 million home, you try to process it. You're trying to like, okay, where is God, and, and where is God not in that, right? Come on, people, listen. Anybody listen to what I'm saying? That, that's the deception, I think, that comes at the end, where people start preaching things to you that aren't biblical, but they sound good to you. Why? Because that's what you want. Man, I, I wish... I wish it was all about the blessing of the Lord. I wish this walk was all about us getting stuff and always having plenty of money in our bank account. And I, But that's not scripture. If you read the Bible, it's not there. Now, it can be if we decide to take 10 scriptures and live our lives on those 10 scriptures. But that's not life. And so... He's the father of lies. I believe he manipulates. He's deceitful. He's trying to get us to believe a lie. Every church split I've ever seen or ever heard about is always because the devil comes in and speaks a lie. He deceives. He gets somebody to believe something that isn't true. We have to be careful. He's a master of lying to us, convincing us that something that isn't correct. Another name for him is called the dragon. It's Revelation 12, 9, and 22. The dragon, when you think of the dragon, you think of destruction, fire, and fear, right? That's what you think of when you think of a dragon. You think of something that brings destruction and something that causes great fear. That's what he does. He's the author of fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. The enemy loves bringing fear into our lives. And let's be honest, uh, we all deal with it. Come on, we all deal with it. When we think about fear, usually what we do is we think about fear of like some great thing happening, you know, like maybe a world war, but I'm talking about on a daily basis, fearful that you don't have enough money, fearful you don't have the food, fearful that this is going to break down, fearful you're not going to get enough work, fearful, and next thing you know, fear is robbing you of any peace that God has for you because all you can think about is fear. I mean, come on, you ever been stuck in that cycle where the what ifs take over your life? I'm going through this new season right now in my life. I'm going to share something that's going on. Since the beginning of the year, I, I jumped onto this diet, which has just blown apart my life. I, and, and I believe it's a spiritual thing. And I'm like struggling to sleep at night. Uh, my mind and my thoughts are going crazy, like just literally on everything. I'm laying in bed. And I used to be the one that brags. within a minute I could fall asleep. I'm dead serious. Minute, I'm out. I laid down and dro- drove my wife nuts to the point where she would go to bed before me to try to fall asleep before I did, Right. But now I lay there and I'm just like, my mind's going 100 miles per hour. And I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'll find, and this is the natural thing, your mind always goes to fear. Your mind will always go. I mean, I'll, I mean, maybe there's some of you that's really amazing at training yourself where you just lay there and you go, oh, I just count sheep. They're beautiful, soft, fuzzy creatures. That's That's what I do. I think about my wife or my children and I just palpitate in love. No, that doesn't happen to me. I, I'm sorry. I like it too. I try, I literally, I start counting sheep and I get the three and I'm already back on what I was thinking, right? And so I, my mind starts thinking about well, what do I got this thing coming up and I got to get this fixed on my house and then tomorrow I got to do this and I'm laying there and I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? He loves, he loves to bring fear into our lives. He loves to bring destruction in our lives. He loves to manipulate us. I want to ask this question, and I'm going to keep going because I can't spend too long this morning on this, but how much time have you wasted worrying about something that never happened? Okay, the next one put up there is the evil one, Matthew 13, 19. He's morally reprehensible. There's no good found in him. He works constantly trying to corrupt and pervert he is the author of evil every despicable act comes from his hand come on i want to say anything evil is of the devil it's not of god we need to quit attaching come on attaching things to him that aren't his don't you love how the insurance company calls certain things that happen an act of god you know listen a tornado coming through and destroying your house is not god (laughs) It's not God, and we need to uh, understand anything evil, anything that that is evil, that comes uh, from the devil is evil, and we have to recognize that's what it is, that he's the blame for it. And I'm going to get into more things and connect the dots, but I want you to understand right from the basis, right from the beginning, he's the evil one. You ever sit at your desk and think, okay, how can I make this better? How can I make this situation better? How can I make my job better? Some days I'll just sit there and put my feet up. Yep, I do that. Get paid for it. It's awesome. And I literally sit there, and I'm like, what can I do with this church? And I start dreaming and having vision and stuff like that. And I start thinking, uh, you know, how can I make this more impactful? How can I make this greater? How can I make this bigger? How can I? Make- and I'm telling you, he likes nothing more than to steal any kind of vision out of our hearts, to steal any kind of life out of our hearts and just, come on, force us to walk and go through the motions, just to go through the motions. He is the author of evil. He's the one that brings terrible things uh, to pass, even sometimes to us. If you've been reading the book of Job with us, my goodness, how many people were glad to get out of that book? Holy goodness, found myself getting depressed. He's the evil one. Every despicable act comes from his hand. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. We need to quit placing God's name on things when god created the heavens and the earth the six days that he brought the creation process after every time he created what did he say it is good and finally said it is very good well if something's not good it ain't from god it's that simple you have to understand that. Okay, the next one is that ancient serpent or serpent of old. I, I love these names because they mean something. What is a serpent? The serpent is cunning and crafty, right? Serpent is cunning and crafty. When I say crafty, I don't mean you can make crafty stuff. I'm talking about crafty, like behind the scenes, you know, doing crazy stuff. Now, what's interesting about this is the serpent was in the garden and tempted Eve, right? And Eve fell. But what did God say about the woman And the serpent. He said there's gonna be enmity between women and the serpent. How many women hate snakes? Most women do. If if you if you do like snakes, God bless you. (laughs) Right? Most women hate snakes. I, I know there's some women that like snakes, but that's a little weird. Anyway. Most women hate snakes. There's an enmity built in women to hate snakes. And it says her heel, come on, will crush the serpent's head. Now, that can mean many things, and it talks about, you know, with Mary and and Jesus and so forth. But I want to put my little spin on it, my take on it. I believe women tend to have discernment more than men. I believe us men, we're bullies, strong, tough, and we walk right into situations. We'll step into situations, and we're like, we can take on everything. And our wife's going back there going, honey, I don't think this is a good idea. I mean, I'm not going to go too much detail, but there's been times in this last year that I've wanted to do something, my wife goes, I don't think that's a good idea. And a couple times I went ahead and did it anyway, and it blew up in my face. And thank God she's not one of those says, I told you so. But women tend to have more discernment than men. And I think that goes back to the garden. God bless women to know the right and wrong, to get a discernment. And so guys will just make these tough decisions and push through and, and, and try to conquer. And, and the whole time the woman sits there and says, I just don't think that's smart. Anybody ever tell your husband that? I just don't think we should do that. Come on. You get that sense. A lot to do with that. More discerning. Another word he's called, and I'm almost done here, is tempter. Matthew 4 3. He stalks and he prays. I believe on Christians. How many people know, and you know the story when Jesus was weak from fasting? What did he do? He approached him when he was weak in his weakest hour, and he tried tempting him. He offered him all these different things. It's what he does. He does not confront you in your strength. He confronts you in your weakness. There's no way the devil's going to come against you in areas that you're strong, but he will come against you in the areas that he can try to reach you. That's why when those areas are exposed, it's important that you get those closed. Come on, somebody. The devil's not going to come along and hit you where you have thick walls and you're tough. But he might come in and try to come in in areas that are weakness. So when those areas are exposed, you need to get them closed so that he has no access. Those weaknesses are supposed to be turned to strengths. As I was telling you, this, since I started this diet and different things in my life, it's been crazy what God has been revealing to me areas of my own life that need to be healed and changed and transformed. How many people know you never stop growing? You never stop growing. And honestly, quite frankly, the older you get, the more you realize you're messed up. Okay, I'm starting a club alone. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Come on, when you're 21, 30, you got it all together. You know everything, right? Right? That's how it goes. And then the older you get, you're like, wow, man, I am just really messing up. This is just really messed up. And so even God is working in those areas to close those areas of of weakness to the enemy. Here's some other names real quick. Uh, Include... Abaddon. Anybody ever hear that name? Abaddon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those weird names. It's only mentioned like I think one time. And it's in Revelation 9-11. It means destruction. So obviously, these are all names. So think about this. As I'm going through this and I'm almost done, all these names reveal his character. So if these things are happening in your life, point the right direction. Abaddon, he's the author of destruction. Can I even say this? Even on a global stage? This spirit is working globally right now. Take a look what's happening in different countries around the world. He's trying to bring destruction. I would like to sit there and just sit back and say, you know, well, God's up there and the devil's over there and man's just deciding their own fate. Wake up. That is not the way it's happening. He's intimately involved trying to cause all kinds of havoc. Why? Because he knows his time is short. That's what the scripture says. Here's another one. Polyon. Anybody ever hear that name? That was new to me. Three, four, five, couple people, polyon, right? It gets weird, right? It has another name for him, which is destroyer, very simple, similar, similar to the one before that. Revelation 9-11, same, same verse. He destroys everything he touches, and we know that in John 10-10. This is one a lot of you going to know. Next one, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. He's called Lord of the Flies. What are flies attracted to? Decaying and dying things. Death. He's Lord of the Flies. Death follows him wherever he goes. Again, we can use this scripture throughout this this teaching and series. John 10.10. The devil comes to steal, kill, destroy. Kill, destroy. Steal. Right there he is. He's Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. He brings death with him. Another one's Belial. How many people have ever heard of this one? This is found in scripture. You can see the reference there, 2 Corinthians 6.15. It means worthless. Now, this is important. I don't want to belabor this point, but if there's times you're feeling worthless, understand who it's coming from. Belial. Worthless. It's the enemy lying to us. He's the authority. Now, I'm going to close with this, and this is the most important part of my message because it's going to tie into everything else I do, so please check in right now for the next five or ten minutes as I close. The last... Two names that I want to reveal to you, which are very, very important, which we've talked about in the past a little bit, are these. Jesus himself calls the devil this name, Lord or ruler of this world, of the air. Now, why is that important? Why would that matter? Because we have a fundamental issue thinking that God is in control of the air, the earth. That's not true. If you look at scripture, God is not in control of the earth. Does he at times come in and do his thing? Yes, he does. But I want to tell you, there is a different ruler that's ruling right now on the earth. How do I know that's true? And I'll give you several scriptures. But one of the reasons I know that's true is because the devil, when, he te- when Jesus was tempted and the devil came to him, he offered him all the kingdoms of the world, and Jesus never once told him, no, they're already mine. He didn't say it was wrong. So Jesus even confirmed it and then later says this, that he is the Lord of the air. He's the ruler of the air. Now this is what you need to catch. The, the word ruler means in Greek, archon, if you could put that up, Christy. It means archon ruler. Greek means archon. I know it's a lot of teaching, but you need to get this. Chief magistrates. That's what it meant. It was administrators of law. So that word means this. Listen, it came from the ancient Greek, which meant chief magistrates. So when he called him the ruler of the air, he is literally, oh, come on, you got to get this. The administrator of laws. Oh, can you you take a step back and see what's going on in this nation, in this world, how the laws are trying to be flipped and rewritten and all kinds of crazy things are going on? Understand, that's one of his positions as Lord of the air. He's the chief magistrate. And he's trying to enforce his kingdom. Another one, if you go back to this, it says the prince... Of the power of the air. This is what Paul called him. And the God of this world. These are the ones that, that um, Paul actually, what he declared him to be. You'll remember uh, in Ephesians 2, two, he says it. And then 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, where he said the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Right? So Paul declared that. So picture this. Could it be that the devil who's reigning right now in this world is influencing our leaders around the world to put into play his kingdom? That's not too far to say, right? That makes sense. He has the power to influence, to lie, to deceive, to manipulate. All these words I just said, and because he's the ruler, if you're not a Christian, it would be easy to fall for it. Come on and for it to make sense to you. And that's exactly what he's doing. He is trying his best to establish his kingdom here on earth and to take as many people as he can to hell with him. As many as he can. Guess what is the only thing, the only thing that can stand against him? Jesus said this, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. I want to end by saying this. Listen, I'm not being cliche. I'm not trying to make it simple, but can I be honest with you? Please, somebody wake up this morning and hear me. Ready? No wonder why you deal with depression. No wonder why you deal with people lying about you, manipulating you, and telling things that aren't true. No wonder why the enemy's constantly trying to take you out. No wonder why he's trying to destroy your relationships. No wonder why he's trying to call you worthless. No wonder why he's saying this and that and everything else and undermining you. He's doing everything in his power, in his kingdom, which is the earth, to take you out because you are the last bastion before he takes over. Many people have asked me this, you know, what's it going to be like after the church leaves? Hell. You know, people are like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. Take the church out, see what happens. Take out the praying saints, see what happens. Take out the city on the hill, see what happens. This is a huge thorn in his side. And he'll do everything in his power to remove it. You are a huge thorn in his side. He is the prince in the power of the air, and he's trying to establish his kingdom of darkness. And then God bursts this thing called the church, and he goes, I want you to establish the kingdom of God. I want you to establish righteousness. Righteousness. I want you to establish purity. I want you to establish holiness. I want you to be a city on a hill that all people can see. I want you to be light in darkness. So as I said once, and I say it one last time, why are you surprised when hell breaks loose in your life as a Christian? Why are you surprised when there's times you wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed? Why are you surprised when all of a sudden a relationship that seemed great all of a sudden turns south like that? Why does it surprise you when there's an enemy that despises us, that manipulates, that lies, come on, that perverts, that its ultimate agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy Sometimes you need to step away from your situation, step away, look at it, and go, man, that looks like destruction. It's a devil. You start recognizing what he's doing in your life. We win by being in the church, by stepping into your God-given destiny. That's how we win, by being who God's called you to be. How do we lose? By being distracted and wasting our time and not being who God has called you to be. I want to leave you with just a couple thoughts. If you've made decisions, like even this year, to say, well, this is going to be a great year, 2020. I'm deciding that 2020 is a new decade, it's a new period, it's a new time. My life is going to be transformed. And, and when you made those words, it wasn't more than a couple days, a couple hours, a couple weeks, and things seem to be blowing up. I want to tell you, you made the right decision. Can I be honest with you? Most of the time when I know I'm doing the right decision is I run into the devil. I run into opposition because he doesn't want me to do it. He doesn't want me to do it. A stand, if you would please. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like any more information, please visit us at www.lighthousecanton.com. God bless.